He fixed the overheating problem. He has managed the fuel problem. And he's going to make it three wins in a row. Kyle Larson returns to Nashville Super Speedway a winner. Good job, man. So proud of this team. So thankful for Valvoline. Thank you guys so much for coming on board. Chevrolet, Hendrick Motorsports, Mr. H, everybody. Great job, Kyle. Great job, Tyler. Big crew. Guys in the shop. Great job. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and I'd like to welcome one and all to my neck of the woods. Yes, we are on location right now in the Pocono Mountains around the corner from Pocono Raceway because we've got the double header coming up Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a wild weekend at Pocono Raceway with all three series taking place. So on this episode, we will be breaking down Pocono and giving predictions out for both races pretty much. So we'll talk winners, top tens. I've got uh, good ones in the top ten section this week. And head-to-heads, trying to get back on the horse after going one and two last week. And then in the Phil's Fired Up section, we're going to take a look at the NBC app the Predictor app. It's their free-to-play gambling app, basically. So we'll break that down. Haven't looked at it yet. We'll do one live at the end of this episode. But first, we'll take a look back. As always, we're going to go back to Nashville. Larson gets it done again. This was as predicted, right? I mean, on the podcast, we said, hey, we're going to call out some names that aren't Kyle Larson because... Kyle Larson just made the most sense, and, well, he went out and did it. I mean, no surprise, really. Uh, But as far as our picks were concerned, Kurt Busch with another top 10. That was a big one, plus 150. We hit that. One and two, like we said, in the head-to-head section. But in the race day parlay, for anyone that follows on Instagram, at Full Tank Phil, we hit a four-leg parlay, a plus 823 parlay. Really good. Um, So that was nice to hit. So pretty good week all around. I mean, you know, if you threw any money on Kyle Larson, you got Kurt Busch in there and that four-leg parlay coming out definitely on top there. Um, But then it's really about was it a good race? Jeff Gluck's poll, 77% of the people said it was a good race, which I found very surprising. So, you know, from a competition standpoint there was no real contention for the lead at all i mean there was a five second gap there at the end throughout the race larson was always going to circle back to the lead now you did have some guys trying to get off cycle which was cool to see um but you know the battles in the field were really you know deep and beyond first place there was not really an opportunity for anyone to you know have anything for larson he he was just too good so good in fact that he had to save fuel and was basically just riding without his foot on the gas for the last few laps there and and still you know second place couldn't catch him now the the gas mileage factor i think kind of plays into it um as to something that makes it a little bit more exciting you did have guys running out of gas and larson was short at one point in time, he just had such a lead that he could kind of 
ride it nice and easy, but we did have guys running out of gas, and I do find that part of it interesting. I mean, that's part of the, the sport, really, and Pocono is similar to that. I mean, it's a fuel mileage situation there as well, so I find that pretty interesting, but um, surprised still that 77% of the people said it was a good race. I would have thought it would have been a lot lower than that, just based on, you know, Larson just kind of winning again and um, kind of chalk across the board in the series. So, um, Nashville, you know, we had some takeaways that randoms, I guess you could call them, were doing pretty well. We had Stenhouse up there, Ross Chastain finishing second. And how about Daniel Suarez? You know, he was tracking down the JGR guys. And uh, the question is for those guys, will it continue? We're going to talk a little bit more about those guys in the head to head section when we get there. So, all in all, I mean, made some money there in Nashville. I don't think that it was necessarily a great race, but maybe it's just too small of a sample size for me to judge at the cup level. So um, in any case, we'll we'll put it behind us and we will look ahead because this is a huge weekend for all of us gamblers out there. If you're betting on all three series, this one, I mean, we got like four races in two days. It's going to be a uh, hefty one for the wallet, but that's why we're here. We're trying to make the right calls here. So we're coming out way, way, way on top after at least the, the two cup races. So um, big weekend, doubleheader. I'm pretty pumped that Pocono is back with the doubleheader this weekend. We talked a little bit last week about how, you know, I, I was kind of ripping on Texas and predicting Nashville to be a little bit boring. And I know, you know, my hands up, I know that Pocono gets called out for being kind of a boring racetrack um, and that tricky triangle, bit more of a, a gimmick than anything else. But um, I think they're doing the right thing here, making it one weekend instead of having the, the series come back twice. Um, it kind of sucks for the locals, you know, but in, you know, reality, in the business aspect of it, if Pocono wants to remain relevant, this is a good thing for them to make kind of go all in, make this a big deal. So I like the doubleheader. I hope they continue it. And we'll see how the racing is this week. Um, so these picks that we're talking about throughout this podcast are really for both races, but for race two, if you want any updated picks or, you know, leans or anything like that, make sure you, you do give us a follow. Like we said at full tank Phil on Instagram for any of those updated picks. So take a look at the track stats, 87 races here in the cup series, 16 times. The winner has started from the pole and the last time it happened was Kyle Busch in 2017. Now, the winners starting in the top five, 57% of the time, and in the top 10, 71% of the time. Nothing out of the ordinary there. That is really right around, maybe a little less, I guess, than uh, we're used to seeing for the top 10s, uh, 71%. But in any case, it's right in the general ballpark. Now, outside of the top 20, the winners starting outside of there. It's happened seven times in the history of this racetrack. The last time it happened, once again, Kyle Busch in 2018. So looking at any manufacturer trends, this is an interesting one. Toyota has won six of the last seven races at this racetrack. That is a bit surprising to me. I guess I'll talk more about why that's surprising in just a minute or so, but the JGR crew definitely has been dominant, it seems, as of late, the last three to four years here. It's been mostly Toyota here, and the only Ford, Ford was the one to break that up, and that was last year with Harvick. So an interesting stat when we're talking about Chevy. 
So we only have one active Chevy driver who has won a race at Pocono. The last time a Chevy driver won was Kurt Busch when he was driving for Chevy in 2016. The reason that is even more interesting is because the prop bet has Chevy minus 109 to win the race this weekend, obviously for the Larson effect, but still, I mean, that's a, a strange prop bet, you know, the odds to see when you're looking at that type of history here. So just some interesting things to throw out there in terms of the manufacturer. So I'm here, I'm trying to get, you know, channel the gambling gods, drove by the racetrack earlier today, just basically saying, hey, tell me who to pick, tell me who to pick, I'm, I'm looking for it. Now, Larson is once again the favorite, plus 225. The question here is, with this doubleheader situation, can he keep it up, right? We look at last year. We had two guys dominating. It wasn't just one guy. It was two. It was Larson and Hamlin. And in these doubleheader weekends, they basically split all of them. So Pocono is no different here. Hamlin and Harvick both won the races at Pocono last year during the doubleheader. So the question is, if Larson can keep it up, does he win race one? Is he able to win both races? Like, that would be absurd if he were to come into Pocono and walk out with two victories. So... You know, I think it, we're taking the same approach as last week, where we're definitely giving Larson his respect, plus 225. If you're someone who wants to take that, feel free, do it. I'm not going to stop you. There's nothing that you could tell me that, you know, would make me respond and say, dude, you're nuts. Don't take Kyle Larson. Absolutely. Lay that money down um, if you're feeling it. I'll probably lay some down as well. But what we're talking about on this podcast are picks that could potentially beat him if the circumstances of this doubleheader just kind of get the best of the five car and opens the door for another guy to sneak in. Who could potentially do that? That's what we're trying to do here. And the best part about that is when you're looking at some of these other guys, you're getting like restrictor plate race odds when we're talking about these other guys. Like because he's so far down or so short of the odds, we're getting really good value down the list. So we're going to choose one guy from three different teams this weekend. And I'm going to start with someone who I touched on last weekend. He's going off at plus 1,000 to win the race right now. And it's Willie B. William Byron. I'm on again this week. Last week, he was really the one to give Larson the best challenge. I honestly felt pretty satisfied in my bet there for Byron and, and really talking about him and calling him out because at any point in time in the race, if you're looking back through it, Byron was really the only one that had anything for Larson at any point in time. Now, no one really did, um, Byron included, but he was, I guess, the best of the rest when you're talking about trying to compete there. He finished third at the end of the day and, um, you know, it really was a, a good thing to see. You, you talked about someone going out there and showing speed, and he did that. So Pocono, I think, stands out. Now, here's here's where being up here in Pocono, kind of channeling these gambling gods, really comes into play. All right, so, so I'm up here. We've got a, a family house. We call it the Mountain House, and it's about 15 minutes away from the track. I've had this house. My grandparents had it. I've been coming here since I was born. Driving around this weekend, I needed to take the trash down to the trash dump, okay, in this community. I saw a sign. I, I literally saying, hey, gambling gods, show me a sign. Passed a street sign 
named Byron. I know this neighborhood very well. I have never seen this street called Byron, or it never clicked with me like this before. I was driving and I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, this is unbelievable. They're trying to tell me something here. Bet on William Byron. Do it, do it, do it. Took a picture of it. I'll, I'll share it later. But in any case, it made me jump to my app and try to find out, well, what the hell is Byron going off as? Plus 1,000. He's got six starts here, one top five, four top tens. His best finish was fourth, came in 2019. He also had the pole in 2019. So that's significant to me because it tells me that that 24 team is pretty decent off the truck because, you know, when they were racing for poles, you have to be pretty decent. You know, you don't get a lot of time to put something together for qualifying. I don't remember the circumstances of that 2019 poll. But in any case, this is a scenario where you absolutely need to be good off the truck. So I'm thinking maybe race one is a great opportunity for William Byron to step up here. His average finish in the last, well, he had six races, but in compared to everyone's last eight races, the last four years basically, average finish is 9.7. That's good enough for fourth out of everyone in NASCAR. His driver rating is 88.4. That's good enough for ninth out of everyone. And same with average running position, which is 13.1, good enough for ninth. He's got that Hendrick power. Hendrick power is back. Obviously, it's in the form of Kyle Larson, but it has poked its head up around this season with Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and William Byron for that matter. So I guess one of the reasons why I was surprised when I was talking about how Toyota's been so dominant here is because when I think of Pocono, I really do think of Hendrick's dominance at Pocono. From 2012 to 2014, all four of the drivers in their stable at that point in time won back to back to back to back. That's unreal. Absolutely unreal. It was like Jeff Gordon, Casey Kane, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt, all won Right, right in a row. Like, that's unreal. And that's kind of what I'm thinking here is Hendrick channeling that power and coming back to Pocono and, and sweeping the weekend. It just kind of feels that way because they're on such a high. 2021, his green flag speed is second compared to everyone. It's 8.6. His drive rating this year is fourth. Just so sneaky good. And he's got the fourth average fastest laps per race 13.2 his value right now is is unmatched this weekend so get him right now he actually opened at plus 800 and dropped to plus 1000 so i'm not sure what that's about but i like it 24 camp lock it in just like the sign told us the gambling guys are all over it now kyle bush is my next guy plus 800 he's too good to resist his stats here are just so so good i mean when we were calling out the track stats his name came up twice for christ's sakes uh last eight races for kyle he has three wins five top fives seven top tens he had a dnf last year in race two all right average finish 8.4 that's second out of everyone, his driver rating is first, 121.9 in his last eight races. That's just unbelievable stuff. And his average running position is second, 7.3. He just seems to like this track. He has found it. Because if you remember, there was a long period of time where they were going to this track every year saying, hey, this is one of Kyle's last tracks that he needs, you know, trying to collect wins from every track on the circuit. And this was one of his last tracks. And he finally got that 
back in like 2017 and then ripped off two more after that. So, you know, the last time that he had back-to-back non-top 10 races was 2015 through 2016. And he's coming off of a, a DNF, like we said. His career top 10 percentage is 50%. So out of all of his career, he finishes in the top 10 50% of the time. I know we're not talking about trying to finish in the top 10. We're talking about trying to win the race. But as we've seen at Pocono, if you're there in the end, assuming there's some green flag, fin- or sorry, green white checkers, um, you can be there and maybe be five back and sneak up there if there's a couple restarts because of that long straight away into a wicked turn one, there's a possibility. So that's what I'm getting at here when we're calling out Kyle's career stats. And he seems to be coming on strong this year right now. I mean, he for the season, one win, seven top fives, 11 top tens is seventh in drive rating for this year. I feel like we've talked about Kyle before being on a bit of an off-season, but those stats would tell you otherwise. I mean, any other driver in the garage would be happy with those stats. And if you're looking at JGR right now, right, if Toyota's going to continue that dominance here, it seems to me like Kyle is that guy to kind of wave that flag this weekend at Pocono because he's got the stats to back it up. You know, these other guys last week, I mean, they were getting past. Daniel Suarez was up there towards the end, passing Christopher Bell, passing Denny Hanlon, passing Martin Truex Jr. on like, you know, even situations. Kyle, he got, you know, 11th in that Nashville race, but he had some, you know, different circumstances going on with the end of that race. His car, he was fighting it all week. So the fact of the matter is, I think he's the guy for JGR this weekend and at plus 800, lock it in. I mean, I think that's a really good value. Definitely want to see what happens in race one um, with that JGR camp. I think Kyle will be the, the top JGR car, which is another prop bet, by the way. But like I said, you're there at the end of the race. Kyle knows how to get done. Three wins in the last eight races. Come on. It's a good, good number. So now we'll finish it off with a driver from another camp. And this is the Penske crew. I'm going with Brad Kozlowski, plus 1,400. Penske is a bit of a long shot this time around. He won in a Dodge way back when. And that was so long ago. I think it was like 2011 or 2012. Kyle, or sorry, Brad won that race with a broken ankle. He broke it in a previous race. They were all concerned, like, was he going to be able to do it? He went out there and got it done. And that, to me, just kind of always sticks with me when we come back here. Even though it's been so long ago, they were driving Dodge. That's how far back it was. His last eight raises, his average finish is 6th, 10.4. His driver rating is 6th, 98.2. And he's 5th in average running position. So pretty you know, decent stats, top 10 stats for Brad. Uh, but 10 of his last 12 races has been top 10 finishes, including an 11th here. So what you could say about Brad Kozlowski is he's solid here in his last eight races, four top fives, six top tens, and his last 11 races, he has seven top fives. Four career second-placed finishes for Brad Kozlowski. Just think about that. I mean, if he finishes all of those races, we're talking about five career wins here. 
but in any case, he's got one with four seconds. That kind of makes me want to look at this top three bet for Brad Kislowski. He's going off at plus 375 to finish in the top three, and he's been pretty good here in getting that job done. So that could be interesting to you if you're really not on board with me taking Kislowski for the win. Again, we're looking at longer shots here. Now, the thing about it is he's just not been himself this year. His driver rating this year in 2021 is ninth. He has one win, but five top tens throughout the season. So, you know, we've got those rumors out there that he's jumping ship to go race for another team. And this could be an opportunity for him to bounce back, especially with two races. I really have my eyes on this Penske team, and especially the two car, because even the announcers have called him out. Whether you're listening to radio or the television, they've been calling him out, just basically running around in the back or, or mid-pack, just kind of there. This is an opportunity for the two car to turn around here and cash a big ticket for us as the gamblers. So lock it in. I think out of all of the Penske crew, his stats just stand out to me the best, which is why I'm going with him. Uh, but Stay tuned because we will touch on another one in just a second. So to recap, picks to win that aren't Kyle Larson, William Byron plus 1,000, Kyle Busch plus 800, and Brad Kozlowski plus 1,400. So now we will get to the top 10 picks, and I tease a little Penske teaser there just a second ago because there was one guy that stood out to me when I was looking at the odds, and we're talking about Joey Logano. I saw that he was going off at plus 2,000 to win the race, and I was like, damn, something has to be off there. Like, I got to be all over that. That's going to be my guy for Penske. But once I was digging into the stats, I kind of saw that he really hasn't been that great uh, at Pocono, which was surprising to me because I have memories of Joey Logano at Pocono, and maybe I'm just kind of living in the past here. So his stats definitely surprised me. His win was in the 20 car, and that's been a pretty long time. I mean, you think about all the guys that have circled in and out of that 20 car since then. So a little bit further back than uh, you would have liked. So going off at minus 143 to finish in the top 10. So Plus 2,000 is an interesting long shot to win the race, but now I just kind of back up the truck and I want to see him finish in the top 10 here this weekend at some point in this doubleheader. So when we're looking at him since joining the 22 car, he has never had four straight races at Pocono outside the top 10. And he currently has three straight races outside the top 10 at Pocono. So this to me means that race number one, you got to mark that down and take Joey Logano minus 143. He's been the best Penske car this year, which is why I was pretty you know, keen on taking him to win the race until I saw his Pocono stats. But this year, I mean, his speed has been there. The other two guys have not. He's up there. Driver rating is third out of everyone in NASCAR right now, and he's got the fourth best green flag speed in this season. So Joey, I think, the combination of those historic stats at Pocono, knowing that no way he does four straight outside the top 10 at Pocono, and then take his 2021 season into consideration. I have to lock it in. Minus 143, that 22 car, especially in race one. Next up, I've got kind of a twofer. This is a little bit different than the way I've kind of done things in the past. We've talked about both these guys kind of 
in the same vein a lot of the time, but hey, I'm going to just call them out right now. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. Eric Jones and Christopher Bell. Okay. I like both of them to finish in the top 10. I just want to call them both out. One is getting way longer odds than the other. So we'll start with Christopher Bell. He's going up at plus 125 in that 20 car. He has two starts at Pocono. He finished fourth in the first race at Pocono last year. So with Christopher Bell, it's pretty straightforward. He's in JGR equipment. He's driving for a Toyota, and the 20 car is historically good here. He was able to muster up a fourth-place finish in that 95 last year at Pocono. So to me, plus 125, that's pretty good value for you know someone driving that 20 car. All right, That's why I want to throw him in there. Now, the reason I said this is kind of a, a two-for-one deal is because it seems like this year, when we're talking about Christopher Dell, excuse me, Christopher Bell doing well, we always have to kind of look at Eric Jones. And when we talk about Eric Jones having good stats, we always equate that to, to being in the 20 car. And so we kind of mix them up together and see what comes out the other end. In this case, I'm saying they both have potential to get it done. Eric Jones has eight in his last eight starts, average finish of 11.4. That's seventh out of everyone. His drive rating is fifth, five top fives, and he has three thirds one second place finish and one third place finish. You know, when we talk about how he had three of them, one of them came in the 77 car. We're not even talking about the 20 car. So that's pretty impressive. That tells you that, you know, even if he's in a shit box, he could get it done. Now it's kind of hating on furniture row. And you know, when he was driving that 77 car, it wasn't exactly a shit box, but you get the picture a little bit different vehicle. Now the thing that he's going to have to overcome is the 43 car hasn't been in the top 10 at Pocono in over a decade. And that's because it could be more than that. I just gave up looking for uh, a 43 driver in the top 10 at Pocono. It's been at least 10 years, which is over 20 races um, all the way. I just, I literally just got fatigued looking for it. So that's the problem uh, that Eric Jones is going to be facing, but his stats are very good. So you have to say, hey, maybe they just chose the right driver. This is a track that he's historically been good at. His odds to finish in the top 10 are plus 325. Those are monster odds. We kind of looked at someone last week with Chris Busher, who had a, a similar situation there. Um, so it's very risky. Play it at your own risk, you know. But I think uh, I would like to see the 43 car back in the top 10 at Pocono. I don't know about you, but if it is, I want to be there cashing a ticket as well. So kind of a two for one, Christopher Bell plus 125, Eric Jones plus 325. Those two are kind of connected with their stats. And I think they both have an opportunity this weekend with two races at this racetrack. Now, the last one we're going to touch on in this top 10, how could we leave the wave that is Kurt Busch? The guy just keeps pumping out top 10s for us at high value. So we are going to ride this wave. Will it crash this weekend at Pocono? I don't think so. I really don't. Two top 10s in his last eight races here. He finished fourth in 2017. He has not had a top 10 in the one car. So that's a little tough, but he has had an 11th place finish and a 13th place finish. So the possibility is there. It's right there. And I think the value plus 150, he's going to keep going off of that number until you know he proves these sports books wrong. I mean, it's been three races now, if you include the all-star race, where he's been 
a, a long shot to finish in the top 10 and he's done it three straight times. So we're going to ride it again. And once he starts doing it week in and week out, we're not going to get that value anymore. So I want to make sure I'm capturing every single second of it. Um, so, you know, fourth place in 2017, that wasn't that long ago. I think the momentum is really what's taking it. That shop, you know, getting Kurt in the top 10 last week and seeing Chastain finish second. They're on a high right now. Doesn't matter how they got there. Kurt ran out of goddamn gas last week and still finished in the top 10. Like, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so, hey, count it. I like the momentum plus 150. I'm, I'm just shocked that that's the number. I thought it would have been down around plus 105, maybe even minus money. But I guess his history at Pocono is kind of what they're basing it off of. So be a little wary. But, hey, I wouldn't get off the wave if I were you. Let's keep going. We're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. So let's get to some head-to-head -head picks here. We went one and two in this section last week, but the race day parlay hit. So still feeling pretty good about things. But the thing about this week is, at least for race number one, the, the pickings are slim here. Some, some kind of trash matchups that we have to break down here for you. I'm trying to avoid just going with the big names, trying to find some of the more interesting matchups or different names, guys that we don't usually talk about. And, well, the, the matchups aren't exactly uh, fun because the drivers just have not had the stats to make it interesting. But sometimes that makes it interesting in itself. So because the matchups are a little bit iffy, I've got a, a group bet there at the bottom that we'll touch on. So we'll save that for the very end. But let's start with two guys. Uh, you know, I don't know how else to put it. It's kind of a gross matchup. It's Tyler Reddick minus 129 versus Ross Chastain minus 105. So we'll start with the watermelon man, Ross Chastain, coming off his best career finish last week, second at Nashville. Very great stuff there for them, just all around back padding for that Chip Ganassi group. Now, if you look at his stats at Pocono, four starts, but he was driving the, the 15 car, which is disgusting, and his best finish was 24th. So you really don't have much to go off of here for Ross Chastain uh, driving that 15 car because he's in better equipment than he was then. So, you know, can you really go off of that best career finish at Pocono 24th? Because that would scare anybody off if you look up the stats and see that. His 2021 season, it could be going better, but uh, we're looking at the green flag speed. It's actually a little bit better than his opponent here, Tyler Reddick, 17.0 compared to 17.8. The thing is, when we're looking at the stats for 2021, that's really the only place that Ross Chastain has to hang his hat on. So if we look at Tyler Reddick, he had two starts last year at Pocono in the car that he's in now, driving that eight car. The thing about it is his finishes were dismal, 30 and 35th. That was surprising to me because I thought this was the time of year last year where Tyler Reddick was really performing well. You know, he had that stretch last year right when they came back from the, the COVID break to, I guess it was the all-star break um, and a little beyond that into the summer. And I thought Pocono was one of them, but I guess not two really bad races back-to-back. -back. Uh, but this year, he has Ross 
in a few different categories. He's better than him at driver rating by just a smidge, 73.5 to 71.7. And his average finish is a few points better as well, 15.8 to 17.6. His average running position, two points better there as well, 16.4 to 18.7. So this is a tough matchup. Like I said, the sports books are clearly trying to mess with us here because their statistics at Pocono are just too hard to nail down. You got one guy driving a vehicle that he's no longer in that was much, much less competitive uh, in Rush Chastain in the 15 car and doesn't have much to show for it. And then you've got a really young guy, two races under his belt in the vehicle that he's going to be driving this weekend, but his finishes were horrible. So I can only go off of this year. So, you know, when you weigh things out like that. So this year is the X factor. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick minus 129 to try to continue his 2021 season um, bettering Ross Chastain once again. So minus 129 for the eight car. You kind of get the picture here why I was saying this is a little tough this week. These sports books, maybe they know what they're doing here. The next one up, this is uh, kind of similar to one we had last week. We're picking on Bubba Wallace again. This time he's going up against Cole Custer, minus 115. So these guys are going off at even odds. And, you know, Bubba let us down last week at Nashville. So let's take a look at Cole Custer first to start. So he has three career starts at Pocono. His average finish is 19.7. His best career finish was 16th, and that was in race one of last year's double header. Now he has Bubba in the driver rating category at Pocono, but it's not much. I mean, 56.3 is Cole Custer's driver rating compared to 53.9. So, I mean, is that really something that you should be bragging about? I don't know, but I guess in this point, when you're trying to compare the two against each other, there you go. Cole Custer has them in that category. Checkbox clicked. Here. So let's move over to Bubba because that's really all you can talk about with Cole. There's not really much. I mean, you know, 16th last year, race one. Okay, great. Now we move to Bubba. And with him, the, the situation is his stats this year. Very similar to what we just looked at with Tyler Reddick. But he's got seven starts at Pocono, and his best finish is 20th, which was the last time we were here. So if you're going by career bests, in some young careers here. Cole Custer has that one checked off as well. But, you know, in the last four races for Bubba, his finishes have been right in that, like, low 20s category, and he's been getting better, I guess you could say, each time. Now he's in some better equipment. He was driving that 43 car, which we made a point to say, really struggles here at Pocono, no matter who's driving it, whether it's Amarola, Bubba, doesn't matter. Almondinger, doesn't matter. I looked it up. Um, so in 2021, Bubba's driver rating is better than Cole's 69.8 compared to 62.4. So that's pretty good. His average finish is just a smidge better, 20.1 compared to 21.6. So, you know, I'm kind of going back to the well. I'm giving Bubba another chance. I need some redemption here in that 23 car. I need Bubba to prove that these rumors of an extra car or a second car for that 2311 racing shop are valid because right now I don't see how they could even want a second car. They need to focus on this one. So go out and get this race, get this matchup won for your boy Phil Bubba. 
minus 115, Bubba Wallace in the 23. Lock me in, really, once again, based on this year's stats because I don't feel like I have enough to go off of for their stuff at Pocono. So now we're going to finish it off with a matchup of guys who did great last week. So the books clearly saw that, and they said, hey, let's pin these guys up against each other. It's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. taking on Daniel Suarez. They're going off at minus 115 apiece. So let's start with Stenhouse. He finished sixth last week, and he was running really well. I mean, the announcers, my God, they could not stop pumping his tires. Um, He has, in his last eight starts, zero top tens. At Pocono, that was a little bit surprising to me when you think of Ricky Stenhouse. I mean, Pocono is not a super speedway like Talladega or Daytona, but it's a very large track like they are, and they are wide open. And when I think of wide open, large racetracks, I think of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. But his best finish in the last eight races is 11th. His average finish, 18.5. Driver rating, 68.5. He hasn't finished ahead of where he started since 2018. So that's the last five races, which is, you know, a stat that I look to from time to time. Like if it's a pattern, that's when I notice it. It's not something that I, you know, go back and forth on if a guy is, okay, he's doing better here, not this one, back and forth, back and forth. That doesn't ring a bell. But if it's a pattern like this, I definitely think, okay, it's worth calling out. So five races in a row, he hasn't been able to do that. And he's going to be starting in the top 10 because of his finish last week. So, you know, you got to consider, is he going to be dropping like a rock here? 2021, his driver rating is better than Suarez, 71.2 to 67.2. So Stenhouse, you know, like I said, these matchups are wild. It's tough to pinpoint. Now you look at Suarez. Eight starts for him. Average finish is 16.8. He's got three top tens at Pocono and one top five. He finished second in the 2018 race. His last three starts, though, have not been good. And that's one start at Stuart Haas and two last year at the doubleheader in the 96 car, I believe. I forget exactly what he was driving last year, but his finishes were not good at Pocono last year in the doubleheader. They were in like the mid-20 range. So, you know, even him not doing well still puts you in that like mid-20s area. So in a head-to-head matchup against someone who is kind of a mid-pack driver, that couldn't be a terrible thing, especially going up against a guy like Stenhouse. You always have to consider when you're going against Stenhouse the fact that he might just go out there and wreck himself pretty early. His driver rating at Pocono is 74.3. That is better than Ricky's. His Average running position is also better, 16.2 compared to 18.5. So the thing about Suarez is I feel like the the season started and Ricky Stenhouse was the, the bell of the ball. And then more recently, it's been Daniel Suarez. Trackhouse racing has been getting a lot of attention, and we saw it last weekend. He was passing big-name guys, and it was, like, for real. It wasn't because the – you know, one driver was down on his tires or whatever. This was a real legitimate driver versus driver. This was Suarez passing Denny Hamlin, passing Martin Truex Jr. because he just had the better vehicle. So things are on the uptick for Daniel Suarez and that 99 group. Um, You can say the same thing for last week for, for Stenhouse as well. They had a great race, but I just feel like more recently, 
you break the season into like thirds of what it's been so far, I think Suarez has been that more consistent driver in this latest set of races. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez minus 115 to keep that consistency going, keeping it alive and banking on Stenhouse kind of wrecking and doing something silly. So lock it in. So to recap those picks, it's Suarez minus 115, Bubba minus 115, giving him a shot at redemption here. And Tyler Reddick in really a, a toss up here against Ross Chastain minus 129. Now I promised a group bet and this was one that involved Daniel Suarez in it, but this was Eric Almarola. He's in a group bet on DraftKings right now, going off at plus 195 to beat three other drivers, Chris Buescher, Daniel Suarez, and Matt DiBenedetto. And so I'm not going to dive into the rest of those guys and their history at Pocono, but it's really just about Almarola. You've got a guy who last week started on the pole, all right, figured something out. We said that maybe that all-star open situation could give them a little bit of momentum. It clearly did off the truck in practice and in qualifying because they were able to put the car on the pole, which is huge for them. Then he went out and backed it up with a top 10 finish. So back-to-back top 10s last year at Pocono. In this doubleheader, he finished third and fifth. That's impressive. He has four top 10 finishes in his last eight races. So you take all of that and jumble it up with the fact that he finished top 10 last week, a little bit of momentum, going to a racetrack where he did so great last week. They're going to be great off the truck, you would think, based on their notes from last year. I like this matchup. I think he is, without a doubt, the the varsity player in this group looking around at the different JV guys like, whoa, I am in the wrong locker room here when you're looking at this group bet. So give me the 10 car here plus 195 in this group matchup and run with it. I think he's going to be up there, at least in race one. So now we'll get to the Phil's Fired Up section. And in this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look at the NBC Sports predictor app. This is how NBC handles the gambling aspect. It's their free-to-play app where you can potentially win some money. And, you know, all the networks are doing this now. It's their answer to kind of integrate gambling, but not really integrate gambling. It's kind of just like pussyfooting around it. Um, So you would remember the Clint Stage 2 contest that Fox would run. I filled one of these out in a past episode and had a little bit of fun doing that. So we're going to do the same thing here for NBC. Uh, But first, real quick about Fox. Big news breaking within uh, the last 24 hours or so. Jeff Gordon no longer back at Fox. He's leaving to be a vice president at Hendrick Motorsports. Some people saw that coming. Um, Clearly a a cool move for Jeff. Um, Personally, I mean, obviously he has a lot invested in Hendrick Motorsports overall so makes a lot of sense the fan element to it is you're losing jeff gordon in the booth i don't know if you love jeff hate him in the booth i personally really liked jeff um i liked it better without clint i think because uh, they really forced that like fake little rivalry between those two guys but i think now 
I need odds on who's going to replace Jeff Gordon in the booth. And I'm telling you right now, if they do not go back to Larry McReynolds in the booth, I will throw a hissy fit. If I was setting the line, it would be minus 150 Larry McReynolds, maybe like plus 200 Jamie McMurray, and uh, and then other takers, you know, you let me know. But I need Larry Mack back in that booth. He was so good. He was my favorite part. Now, I know he's still technically part of the broadcast, but... Uh, if you have Mike Joy, Clint Boyer, and Larry Mack, I think that's a winning combination. But in any case, I need Vegas to give me odds. Who's replacing Jeff Gordon in that Fox booth? It's a sought-after position. So we'll see what happens there, see what kind of news we get. So now let's take on this NBC Sports Predictor app. So like I said, it's free to play. You just search for NBC Sports Predictor. And this is run by Points Bet, which is a sports book out there. So like I said, this is gambling, but not gambling in the eyes of the networks. They're just too scared, I think, at this point. They see the storm coming that is sports betting, and they're just too scared to actually do like real odds and things like that incorporated into their broadcasts. So they do this. So when you get to the homepage. They've got a lot of sports going on here. They've got NBA, golf, uh, NASCAR, NFL, and Premier League. Some of these sports are out of season. NASCAR is lit up, so you can click on it. And the funny thing is, this weekend, they usually do not let you bet on, or sorry, fill out, (laughs) that you should say, fill out uh, an application or a contest here for a race that is in the future, but this is actually letting you fill out both races for Pocono. So even if you just wanted to fill out race two, it's allowing you to do that. So that's a little interesting, I think, part of that double header aspect of it here. So I'm just going to fill out the first one. We're going to do it live. I've never done this this year. I remember doing it last year, but totally forget their spin on this whole thing. So you see that the jackpot is $10,000 and, you know, they will award that, I guess, to people who predict the best. So, our first question, who's going to have the best finish in Stage 1? Chris Busher, Kurt Busch, Matt DiBenedetto, or Tyler Reddick? Very interesting. Um, some of these guys who were mid-tier drivers, you could say. Um, this is going to be completely random, not based on any real facts. Could be hedging my bet on uh, some of the guys who I took earlier, maybe taking some different guys just to have some more skin in the game. So I'm going to go with Matt DiBenedetto there. All right. Best finish in stage two, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Chase Elliott, or Martin Truex Jr. I'm going to go actually with William Byron. I really think he's going to do well. And best finish in the final stage, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, or Joey Logano. I think we got to go chalk, right? Kyle Larson on that one. Uh, so it was pretty easy. Okay, no, this is where it gets pretty... <laughs> okay, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, it's asking us to fill out the driver who's going to finish first, second, and third. So we have to get those three questions that we just filled out right. Then we have to guess the top three drivers of the race. That, to me, is a bit ridiculous. Uh, but... Let's say it's going to be Larson. Let's say it's going to be Willie B, 1-2. And then let's pick a, a random guy to finish third. Kind of scrolling through the list here. Um, man. Let's go with Kevin Harvick. I guess that would not really be random. 
but we haven't talked about him at all in this episode. So I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick there. He's shown that he's got some really good stats here at Pocono, so why not? And we haven't talked about him this episode. Submit picks, confirm. Um, That is impossible. I I mean, I don't know how anyone is going to win that jackpot. I am now very interested in seeing uh, this year if anyone does hit that because you're basically asking, we, we talked about in the past how horse racing type of betting should be available in NASCAR, and you're basically forcing people to choose a straight exacta or a straight trifecta, rather. Um, the top three, that is just so tough to do in a field of 37 cars. So NBC, yeah, now I see why it's free. But, uh, hey, something to do when you're you know sitting around bored out of your mind throughout the week it's free it's a complete shot in the dark you have a better chance of winning this than winning the lottery so that's how i justify taking the time to do that so we'll follow it see how it goes and uh if you do pretty well you win any money here let me know because i'm going to need to know your your magic so that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with phil podcast we're on location here at pocono And we're hoping that brings us some good luck for this Pocono doubleheader. We're going to come out of here hot. Our wallets will be filled. Positive vibes only. Let's get it done because coming up next week, we've got America's birthday, the 4th of July weekend race at the Indianapolis Road Course. It's a new one, so we got to come prepared for that and ready to spend some money. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. No place to go. Have no place to go. Darling, have no place to go. Have no place to go. Goodbye, baby.